This is the ActiveX Back Show from Edinburgh, Scotland's vibrant capital. Hosted by award-winning registered osteopath, author and all-round pain guru, Gavin Routledge. If you want relief or prevention of lower back pain or sciatica, and you want to be healthier, keep listening. The following programme should not be taken as medical advice, but for informational purposes only. Hello, hello ActiveXer. Welcome back to the podcast, the ActiveX Backs podcast. And in this episode, I am talking about self-traction for sciatica. Now, before we dive into the whys and the wherefores, just briefly, I refer you back to episode eight of the ActiveX Backs podcast entitled, What is Sciatica? And do I have it? So if you're uncertain about sciatica, and you probably should be because you're if you're listening to this, you're unlikely to be an expert. So just very briefly, high level, sciatica, remember, is not a diagnosis. Sciatica is a description. And if you want a diagnosis or a firmer idea about the diagnoses behind the description of sciatica, then please go back to episode eight. Okay, so diving back into the topic, self-traction for sciatica. So how does it work? So traction has been around for a very long time and was very much in vogue in probably the 50s, 60s, 70s, 1900s, I should say, 1950s, 60s and 70s. They used to put people on traction, strap you to a bed, strap some heavy weights. Now I'm talking about lumbar spine here, so lower back rather than neck. Strap some heavy weights to your legs and pull. And the theory was that by pulling, that would alleviate your sciatica and in more detail that it would enable the disc, because it was always presumed that it was discs that caused sciatica, that it would enable the disc to kind of realign, go back to where it should be. So that's the theory behind traction. Excuse me. (coughs) Little cough this morning. So that's the theory behind how traction works, but well, or at least it was. So bring it up to the modern day, and I'm recording this in 2021. How do we think traction may help sciatica? Well, the honest answer is we're not very sure that it does. However, there are certainly some people who firmly believe that traction helps sciatica if you have the right type of sciatica. What type is that? Is that, you may ask? Well, go back to episode eight, but very briefly, the type that's caused by a disc problem. So if you have a disc bulging and that bulge is impacting on a lumbar nerve root, then the belief is that by tractioning the disc, you allow the bulging piece of disc to sort of sink back to where it should be and move away from the nerve that it's impinging upon. So as you traction, it takes the bulge and the bulge just eases, oozes back into alignment. Now, it is in the vast majority of cases, if indeed that actually happens, so if that happens, then it will probably only last for as long as the traction is happening. There may be a prolonged effect, and you'll only really know if you try. So one of the takeaways from this episode is, hey, just give it a go. And self-traction is free. You can do it yourself. 
But that's the method of how we presume that it works, if it works at all for you, that it may be that you are, by distracting the disc, decompressing it, you're allowing that bulging piece of disc to sink back to where it originally came from. It's probably not going to stay there, as I said earlier, but at least it would give you some temporary relief, and that relief may last beyond the period of traction. How to do it? So, as I said, there are people professionally who do this. So one form of therapy, certainly in the UK, and I believe it's fairly widespread in the US and probably other parts of the world as well, is called IDD. I really ought to remember what IDD therapy stands for. I'm sorry, I can't. I always thought it meant intra or interdisc decompression, but I I think that's wildly wrong. I'm not sure, but to me that kind of made sense uh, that it might stand for that. IDD, interdisc decompression. Don't know, but anyway, maybe it's intervertebral disc decompression. I don't know. But so there are people who do this on a kind of professional basis and it will charge you, you know, not insignificant sums of money, but you know, frankly, if it works, then you probably think it's well worth the investment. But if you want to give it a go yourself, self-traction for sciatica, then there's a couple of ways of doing this. The more expensive one is to buy yourself an inversion table. And you can go to a number of retailers, whether that be online or in shops, although I suspect they're probably pretty uh, niche product these days. So probably online is about the only place you'll get them nowadays. Inversion tables. So the idea is it looks like a kind of piece of gym equipment, often sort of heavy chrome, big fancy shiny thing. You stand in it, strap your ankles in at the bottom, maybe a waist strap as well. I can't remember because I have actually tried one myself. And then um, using the sort of handles on the machine, uh, you invert yourself. So you tilt backwards. So you almost push your head backwards and the whole thing tilts upside down and you hang from your ankles. That hence the term inversion table, like a little bat hanging in the corner of a cave. And the weight of your upper body will distract the the vertebrae from one another and decompress the discs. And I have to say, I have tried this. My dad, God rest his soul, who died a couple of years ago, he used to have an inversion table. He had lots of lower back problems in in his middle years more, but, but somehow he came by an inversion table when I think he was about 60s, late 60s, 70s. I don't, I have no idea how often dad used it. Probably not very much. They had a habit of buying things and not using them, including his hearing aids. So, um, so yeah, so he had this inversion table and I was visiting them once in Spain several years ago and I had had a flare up of, I don't think I had any sciatica, but I did have lower back pain and I thought I would try this. My back had been aggravated by the trip to Spain, sitting on a flight, more on sitting in other podcast episodes. And so I thought, I was kind of desperate for some relief. So I tried this inversion table. And I have to tell you, I definitely got benefit, certainly while I was on the inversion table, in it, on it, hanging from it. But uh, I think a sort of lasting effect as well. So I did feel better for using the inversion table. Okay, so how can you do it without an inversion table? 
Get yourself to the kitchen. This is usually the easiest place to do this. Kitchen where two, two of the kitchen countertops meet, ideally in a right angle. So you stand with your back into the corner of those kitchen units. Yeah. So standing there, one kitchen unit behind you on the right, one behind you on the left. Place your hands on the kitchen unit just slightly behind you. So you wedge yourself into that corner, put hands on the units, one right hand on right unit, left hand on left unit, unless you want to make it really more complicated than it needs to be, and just push down. So push down with your hands and just take some of your weight through your hands. Now, if you're not strong enough to lift all your weight off the floor, that's absolutely fine. And in fact, I wouldn't recommend you do that first time anyway. Just take some of your weight, maybe 50-60% of your weight through your hands for about five seconds and then slowly lower back down, but probably not all of your weight. So you're maybe keeping 10-20% of your weight off all the time and pulse it. And this is, this is important. So I wouldn't recommend sustained traction. So I wouldn't re recommend that you sort of traction for minutes at a time, more like seconds. So you traction, hold the traction on for a few seconds and then slowly ease the traction back off again and then pull the traction back on again. Don't you love the sound effects with the voice? So you get the idea is pulsed traction, not sustained, not a constant traction for you know minutes at a time, just on, off, on, off, nice and slow and easy, and probably not coming to a complete position of rest, resting all your weight back through your feet for, I don't know, maybe for however long you can keep that up, a minute, two minutes of pulsed traction. I have known some people to do this for 10 minutes at a time. You do tend to get large tricep muscles if you do that. So there's an added benefit. Get rid of your bingo wings and get some strong tricep muscles in the process. So that's how to do self-traction for sciatica. Wedge yourself into the corner of two kitchen units, pushing down with your hands and do it in a nice pulsed manner. Now, as ever, if you would like a little bit more personalised care, personalised advice, then please go to backpainandsciatica.com and you can do the free assessment there. The report that, that that generates for you from that free assessment will give you guidance on which kind of exercises are best suited for you, what sorts of things you need to avoid. And if you want to take it even further, you can go on from there and possibly engage in one of our free webinars or, or more. Okay, so I hope you got something from this self-traction for sciatica episode and uh, yeah, see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the ActiveX Backs show. If you'd like a free assessment to set you on track to relief and prevention, just go to backpainandsciatica.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please pass it along to your friends and colleagues. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at ActiveXPacks.